Thanks for tuning into the podcast. Before we start the show, I want to let you know something. My latest novel, Personal Fable, is free for the next uh, few days. So if you're hearing this ad, it's currently free if you're a Kindle user. So just look it up on your Kindle. If you don't have a Kindle, you can even get one of those for free by getting the free Kindle app on your phone. And then head over, get Personal Fable, have a read, and if you love it, leave a review. And I hope you love the story. Now, let's get on with the podcast. P.S. The promotion runs the 11th, 12th, and 13th of March. Welcome back to the Hemingway List podcast, the podcast where we do things excellently. We're reading a bit more John Milton. Um, Swim says Mama Fishy has come through with some descriptions from yesterday. The Arcade's poem is a song, too, from a mask, a form of festive courtly entertainment that flourished in the 16th and early 17th century, Europe. Performed in May 1634, the piece was written to celebrate the character Alice Spencer, the Countess Dowager of Derby, during her 75th birthday. Um, okay, what else do we have here? Il Penseroso is a poem centering on melancholy. As a stimulus for sober contemplation and inspired writing. <clears throat> Excuse me, just having a sip of water. Um, I hope that wasn't in like high definition. <laughs> Hearing me swallowing water is probably not the best thing. Um, oh, for sure that melancholy will stimulate some great art in general. The title is the Italian word meaning the pensive man. It is a companion piece to L'Allegro, a poem that courts joy rather than melancholy. Um, oh, okay. Well, we read the Allegro yesterday. I didn't realize that they were companion pieces, but that's my bad. Um, all right. That's as far as we'll go today for those descriptions, but that's good. Thank you, Swim. Appreciate the effort digging out those facts. Um, yet again, coming through with the good. Um, today we've got a little set of poems by the looks of things. Um, how many have we got? One, two, three, four, four. Maybe we just read that little set of four. Is that a good idea? probably do us for the day. One's, the first one's called From Commas. The star that bids the shepherd fold, now the top of heaven doth hold, and the gilded car of day, and the gild, uh, his glowing axle doth allay, in the steep Atlantic stream, and the slope sun, his upward beam, shoots against the dusky pole, pacing toward the other goal of his chamber in the east, Meanwhile, welcome, joy, and feast, midnight shout and revelry, tipsy dance and jollity, braid your locks with rosy twine, dropping odours, dropping wine, rigour now is gone to bed, and advice with scrupulous head, strict age and sore severity, with their grave sores in slumberly. We that are of pure fire, imitate the starry choir, who, in their nightly watchful spheres, Lead in swift round the months and years, the sounds and seas. With all their finny drove, 
Now to the moon in wavering Morris Mauve, and on the tawny sands and shelves trip the pert fairies and the dapper elves by dimpled brook and fountain brim, the wood nymphs decked with daisies trim, their merry wakes and pastimes keep what hath night to do with sleep, night hath better sweets to prove. Venus now wakes and wakens love, come knit hands and beat the ground in a light, fantastic round. Wow, that's a good one. It's evocative. A lot of really nice words. You know, sometimes there's just certain words that you like the sound of. You like the imagery of. I like the word tawny. I like the word um, dimpled, dapper, daisies. Just words that uh, feel good to say. And they're all there lined up in a row. So... I feel like my taste is aligned with that poem. I like that. Number two in the set is called Echo. Sweet Echo, sweetest nymph that livest unseen within thy airy shell by slow meanders margant green and in the violet embroidered veil where the lovelorn nightingale nightly to thee had sad song mourneth well. Canst thou not tell me of a gentle pair that likest thy Narcissus are? Oh, if thou have, hid them in some flowery cave, tell me but where, sweet queen of Pali, daughter of the sphere, so mayst thou be translated to the skies, and give resounding grace to all heavens harmonize. Excuse me, number three, here we go, it's called Sabrina. The spirit sings. Sabrina, fair, listen where thou art sitting, under the glassy, cool, translucent wave, in twisted braids of lilies knitting. The loose train of thy amber-dropping hair, listen for dear honour's sake. Goddess of the silver lake, listen and save. Listen, and appear to us in name of great Oceanus, by the earth-shaking Neptune's mace, and Teethe's Grave, majestic pace by hoary Nereus, rinsed, re, sorry, wrinkled look, and the Carpathian wizard's hook by scaly Triton's winding shell and old soothsaying Glaucus' spell by Leocothia's lovely hands and her son that rules the strands by Thetis' tinsel slippers' feet and the songs of Sirens' sweet by dead. Parthenope's dear tomb, and fair Ligia's golden comb, wherewith she sits on diamond rocks, sleeking her soft alluring locks by all the nymphs that nightly dance upon the streams, with wily glance, rise, rise, and heave thy rosy head from thy coral paven bed, and bridle in thy headlong wave till thou are our summons answered have, listen and save by the Sabrina replies By the rushy fringed bank Where grows the willow and the oysia dank My sliding chariot stays Thick set with agate And the azurine sheen Of Turkish blue and emerald green That in the channels Strays, excuse me Whilst from off the water's fleet Thus I see my printless feet Over the cow's lips Velvet head that bends not as I tread. 
gentle swain at thy request I am here. Poets are really obsessed with cowslip, aren't they? Poem number four. The spirit epilogueizes. Epilogueizes. To the ocean now I fly, and those happy climes that lie, where day never shuts his eye, up in the broad fields of the sky, there I suck the liquid air, all amidst the gardens fair of Hesperus and his daughters three, that sing about the golden tree. Along the crisped shades and bowers, revels and spruce and jocund spring. The graces and the rosy-bosomed howers, thither all their bounties bring. That there eternal summer dwells, and west winds with musky wing about the cedar and alleys fling. Narden. Cassia balmy smells, iris there with humid bough, water and odorous banks that blow, flowers of more mingled hue than her puff, her purfled scarf and shoe, sorry, than her flowers of more mingled hue than her purfled scarf can shoe, and drenches with Elysian dew, list mortals, if your ears be true, beds of hyacinth. And roses, where young Adonis oft reposes, waxing well of his deep wound, in slumber soft and on the ground, sadly sits the Assyrian queen, but far above in spangled sheen, celestial Cupid, her famed son, advanced, holds his dear psyche sweet entranced, after her wandering labours long till free consent the gods among, Make her his eternal bride, and from her fair, unspotted side, two blissful twins are to be born. Youth and joy, so Jove, have sworn, but now my task is smoothly done. I can fly or I can run quickly to the green earth's end, where the bowed welkin slow doth bend, and from thence can soar as soon to the corners of the moon. Mortals that would follow me love virtue. She alone is free. She can teach ye how to climb higher than these fierish chime, or if the virtue feeble were, heaven itself would stoop to her. All right, that's it for today. Tomorrow's uh, next poem is quite long, so I'll stop you. Thanks yet again for listening. I'll see you tomorrow.